You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now let's get to the free agents that the Mets added, the traditional free agent list. And I I guess I'll go in order. You know what? I'm not going to go in any order. I'm just going to pick out where I want to pick. So I'll start with the guy that it's a little controversial because I did receive a few emails and tweets. And of course, you could always email the show at thericob at gmail.com. Thoughts, comments, you want to yell at us, completely fine. <coughs> Excuse me. There was a lot of feedback that Pedro Martinez needed to be on the list of great Met free agent signings. And while I don't think Pedro Martinez is the worst of the worst, I would put him more in the category of worst than I would best. Because one thing I always heard about it, which I don't buy, (coughs) excuse me, is this idea that they needed to sign him because that convinced Carlos Beltran to come here. That that's what really changed the New York Mets in the offseason of 04 and 05. It kind of dawned in the new era of Met baseball. And while I do think that Pedro Martinez signing here changed the perception of the team, Carlos Beltran signed here because the Mets offered him the most money. I mean, let's just be blunt about it. They, it's not like Carlos Beltran took less money to come here because, oh my God, I need to be teammates with Pedro Martinez. So I do think the whole idea that Pedro was the guy that brought other guys here is completely overblown. The Mets at that point in their history had decided, hey, we're going to spend a little bit of money. And I do give the Wilpons and Omar Minaya credit for that. They spent money. They signed Carlos Beltran. They tried to sign Carlos Delgado. They eventually got him a year later. They signed Pedro Martinez. They were really changing the face of this franchise. And obviously it worked to a certain degree. But when they signed Pedro to a four-year, $54 million contract, and he was great his first year, by the way. He was absolutely fantastic. He went 15-8. and eight. He had a 2-8-2 ERA. Um, went out and made basically every start through 217 innings. It was a real bounce-back year for him because a year earlier with the Red Sox, when they broke the curse, he had his worst year in a long time out of 3-9 ERA, though he did pitch well in the World Series. So Pedro was great in year one. The Mets were better, but they weren't that good. They were sort of in a pennant race, but not really. Sort of fell out of it in early September. And then the rest of his Met career sucked. I'm sorry, the rest of his Met career was filled with injuries, was filled with him not pitching when they needed him the most, and was filled with, eh, he's not that good. So 
I wouldn't even think about putting him on the list of greatest free agent signings. I'd put him on the list of worst free agent signings. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. Unfortunately, I just he wasn't in his prime, and that that's what sucks about a lot of what the Mets have done. And I'm sure that some of these guys are gonna are prototypical to Pedro Martinez. What he did, he did more for what the future of the team was than what he did when he actually played. And that and that's a sucky thing. His name was powerful, but his performances weren't. Yeah, and look, 2006, the Mets had the best team in the National League. The one deficiency they had going into the postseason was their starting pitching. And that's because Pedro Martinez wasn't pitching. Pedro Martinez was hurt, and Pedro had a, a kind of a weirdo six because he was really good in the first half of the year. So it looked like Pedro was having another good season. He was a part of what was the best team in the National League. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, postseason time. Here's Pedro pitching game one of the divisional series. Here's Pedro pitching game seven of a league championship series, or dare I say pitching a World Series. And he got hurt, missed a lot of time. And then when he came back, he was terrible. That's why his his final numbers weren't very good. He actually finished with a 4-4-80 ERA. But I'd argue he was a lot better than that. He pitched a lot better than that, but then got hurt. Couldn't stay healthy, and when they needed him the most in October, he wasn't there. El Duque wasn't there. It was Tom Glavin, it was John Main, it was Steve Traxel, and it was eventually Oliver Perez. And that was the thing the Mets, and that wasn't their strength. They had a really good bullpen, they had a dynamic offense, and they didn't have pitching. In 2007, he missed a big part of the season, came back late, and to his credit, pitched well down the stretch. Like, he actually had some pretty good performances in the limited time he pitched in 2007, but maybe not his fault. He didn't get a chance to pitch in the postseason because the Mets choked it away. And then 2008, he was terrible. Like he just, he was done. And he was done. And look, I don't care what he did with the Phillies in 2009. He spent five minutes there. I guess he was okay. It meant nothing to me. What mattered to me is that when they needed him in 2007, when they needed him in 2006, when they even needed him in 2008, 2008, the Mets were in a pennant race. Johan Santana was the new ace of the team. Pedro came up small. So when I look back at that four-year, $54 million deal, again, I'm not saying that he's on the Mount Rushmore of bad free agent contracts, but he's more in this category than he is the category of being one of the best free agent signings. The yeah, problem is too, though, is that you, you gotta blame Will Ponds for a lot of stuff, and a lot of, if, I forgot whose book it was about uh, Pedro being hurt and still being forced to pitch, and, and that kind of put a damper on the rest of his career. Well, you know what, though? Here's the way I look at that. It doesn't matter, looking back at it all these years later, because what we needed was someone to pitch well for us. If he's not pitching, that sucked. And if he's pitching and pitching bad, that sucks. Like, there's no... Both scenarios are bad. Both <laughs> scenarios make it a bad free agent signing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're not, not pitching, yeah. or you're pitching and you suck. Like, okay, what would I rather have? Look, obviously, I'd rather, you ha- rather have you not pitch so maybe someone else pitches and pitches better. But when you sign Pedro Martinez to a four-year, $54 million deal, both outcomes are bad. So it doesn't make me feel better. Um, this one is, is a lesson. All right, let this be a lesson. Roger Cedeno signed back with the New York Mets before the 2002 season on a four-year, $18 million contract. 
We've all had girlfriends in the past. And maybe once in a while, a long time ago, because I'm married now, Hoff is married now, but maybe once in a while after you broke up with your girlfriend or she broke up with you, you thought about getting back together. It crossed your mind. You said, ah, the sex was great. I got to get back together with her. And then you do or you come close to it and you realize why you broke up in the first place. And it turns out to be a disaster. How many times? And there's nobody listening who got back together with their girlfriend or boyfriend and everything worked out great. It never, ever, ever, ever happens. And so if you look through Met history, when they bring someone back, whether it's Kevin McReynolds, <laughs> I don't know why I'm using him as an example, whether it's Jeremy Burnitz, whether it's, you name the guy, it never, ever worked. David Cohn, they brought David Cohn back when he was a corpse. Yeah, that worked out great. So when the Mets decided to sign Roger Cedeno as their big free agent signee after the 2001 season, even though he was only 27 years old, even though he was coming off, you know, halfway productive seasons with the Detroit Tigers and the Houston Astros, we all remembered what he did with the Mets in 1999. Roger Cedeno had one of the great seasons. He hit over 300. He stole what was a team record 66 bases. He was amazing. We all loved Roger Cedeno. None of us wanted to lose him when they traded him in the deal for Mike Hampton. We knew it had to happen, but none of us wanted to lose him. They bring him back in 2002, and I'm telling you, it took about a week before Met fans turned on him. It took about a week before he was public enemy number one on a baseball team that, let's face it, had a lot of public enemies. The 2002 Mets also brought in this former All-Star and future Hall of Famer, you may have remembered him, Roberto Alomar. Roberto Alomar sucked, he did. But guess who sucked more? Roger Cedeno. They brought back Jeremy Burnitz. I just used him as an example. He sucked, but not as bad as Roger Cedeno. They acquired Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn actually wasn't bad his first year with the Mets. So I'm not going to make any comments about him sucking, but I'll say this, Roger Cedeno was worse. Roger Cedeno was worse than every last player on this team. And I don't know why. He was 27 years old. He was still the prime of his career, but there was something about him that was different. Oh yeah, I know why. Because he became a fat ass. Because Roger Cedeno all of a sudden didn't look as limber as he did in 1999. Roger Cedeno became so hated by Met fans that after the 2003 season, they had to give his ass away. He signed a four-year contract. As he was beginning year three, the Mets handed him to the St. Louis Cardinals and said, please take this man away from us. And they did. And within two years, Roger Cedeno was out of baseball. He ate himself out of baseball. What a horrible contract. What a horrible time in Mets history. And let it be a lesson. Don't bring back the ex-lover. It's going to be worse and it's going to be fat. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And that's why I, you know, it just goes back to so many other opportunities that the Mets have tried to bring back their former players. Like when they were making that trade for Carlos Gomez and it backfired. (laughs) I'm like, the writing is on the wall. He's going to suck. Why are we attempting so much to get him? Because we've seen this today in the world. Uh, listen, you and me, I, I agree. Once they're gone, they're gone. It very rarely works. I mean, I'm sure there are some examples of I really gave it more thought on where they do work, but most of the time, the reunion doesn't. Uh, this free agent contract signing, I, I honestly, you could put it in the Mount Rushmore very easily based on just not playing baseball. And that, of course, is the recent signing, the relatively recent signing, of Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry signed a <laughs> Jed Lowry signed a two-year, $20 million contract going into the 2019 season. Jed Lowry played nine games in 2019. And we weren't even sure what his injury was. He played nine games. He had seven at bats. He never recorded a hit as a New York Met. And what is so embarrassing about this is when Jed Lowry was a free agent, there was another infielder who was a free agent that I thought was on the same level, especially considering what Lowry did in 2018. He was an all-star. He had 23 home runs. He drove in 99 runs. He was a versatile switch-hitting infielder. And there was another infielder in free agency, and I thought, hey, flip a coin, they're the same. And that guy was DJ LeMahieu. And I remember making the point, and I thought it was a sound point, I think Jed Lowry fits the Yankees better than DJ. I do. Just because of the switch hitting aspect, the position versatility, DJ hadn't shown that, that quite yet in his major league career. And the Yankees signed DJ, obviously. The Mets signed Jed Lowry. And oh my God, could you have even imagined a bigger difference than DJ winning batting titles and Jed Lowry never getting a hit. That's why Jed Lowry could win this whole freaking competition, Pete, because he never got a hit. Like every other person we mentioned had at least a moment where they did something. Even Roger Cedeno had a moment, right? Jed Lowry had eight plate appearances after he signed a two-year $20 million contract and never got a hit as a Met. He walked, He's a though. career zero he, hitter. He walked. He got on base once. That, that, that's a positive. That is a positive. <laughs> and the best part is that after he, you know, 2020 didn't play again. That was a COVID year, et cetera. Who knows what the issues were there. Next year, 2021, he goes back to Oakland. He has 14 home runs. Yeah. 14 home yeah. runs. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to make of this one. You know, I think in Cedeno's case, I gave you an answer. A guy kind of got fat. Now, Jed was not great with Oakland when he went back. But to your point, he was a Major League Baseball player. You know, he still went out and, and did something. He did not play for the New York Mets. It's not as if we're ripping him for being a 210 hitter. We're saying he didn't play. And I almost have to defend Brody Van Wagenen on this. Who could see that coming? I mean, honestly... The guy's coming off an all-star season. You want to tell me he's not going to match his all-star season? Fine. But he didn't play. He signed a two-year contract and never played baseball. This is one of those contracts, one of those free agent signings that 
I think we're going to talk about forever. We're always going to talk about the legend of Jed Lowry. We're going to scratch our head and say, the guy never played baseball. He came here, cashed his little check. It wasn't even that big of a check in baseball terms and never played baseball. Mind-boggling. So, so, by the way, BT thinks that your Rico Bronya podcast name is a slight on Rico Bronya that you're making fun of him. I say, no, you're not. It's You have a level of respect for Rico Bronya. You One of your favorite players growing up, you loved him. He wasn't this amazing player, but you thought he was going to be this amazing player. Because when you look at uh, Spike Eskin's podcast, The Rights to Ricky Sanchez, it's a joke. It's a, it's a, it's a play on who, who Ricky Sanchez could have been, all sort of stuff. If there were, if that was the re- way you were going to go with the name of this podcast, it should have been Jed Lowry. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, if we were mocking somebody, Jed Lowry would be a very good option, considering he has a career zero average <laughs> as a New York Met player. <laughs> uh, how about this free agent signing? This one, this is going to piss you off. I just, I know you well enough to know that you're about to go on a Wilpon rant. Are you mm. ready? Oh yeah. So I'm just going to give the guy's name, I'm going to say his contract, and then I'm going to let you take the lead. All right? Okay. Michael Kadire, two years, $21 million, right before the 2015 season. Go ahead. Hey, David Wright, listen. We want you to commit to us. We want to to give you, you know, we're, we're going to give you the world. Just take a little bit lesser uh, of finances, and then we'll find a way to make this. T- what do you want? And we'll take care of it. All right, you know what? As long as you could be committed to me, uh, committed to this team, we'll go go far. Uh, make sure Michael Kadir is on the team, and then we'll go from there. Cool, Michael Kadir, no problem. Two years, what twenty million dollars? Let's go, bring him in. And then that was it. That was their commitment. That was their overcommitment to David Wright to put together a championship team. Oh, by the way, the walls are pushed back beyond belief. You'll never reach them. You'll never reach them. And this team is going to go nowhere. Have fun. We, we Every promise we gave you is, is down the drain. And that's how I felt like. I mean, when, when David Wright, I was ecstatic that they committed to David Wright and not Jose Reyes because I thought that that was, even though I loved Jose, Jose Reyes' speed and everything, I thought that David Wright was the, the glue. He was the, the, the gritty, the made exciting plays. He was something about him. That was the guy that I was all about. And I think they lied to him to his face so many times. And it, it like backstabbed him almost. Uh, even though they front stabbed him too, and Michael Kadir was that was that piece that was like, if you want somebody, we'll get him. Michael Kadir is it. It's a your your friend. It's you know it'll make you happy. We'll keep him keep you around. We'll make this all great. And that was it. And it was just like, oh my god, this team sucks. It, it, you know because they traded for Cespedes and they salvaged the season more than salvaged it. They won the pennant. They got to the World Series. It's easier to look back at this and say, yeah, it sucked. No harm, no foul. But this could have been a disaster because they couldn't wait to sign Michael Kadire going into the 2015 season. They signed him. I, I remember it was early, so I went back and looked at the date. They signed him on November 10th. Very rarely do free agents sign that early. I mean, with the Mets, Mets MO, though, not for nothing. If you go back to the history and look at this year, who was the first free agent that was signed? Edwin Diaz. Yes, and it was November what? 6th? That's different. Though. No, That's no. their own guy. The, the Mets typically make a major splash quick. I'm telling you right now, look over the past well, few years. They make one quick. But anyway, yeah, so Kadai was one of the quickest. But you can't make it with a 36-year-old guy who just played in Colorado for three years. Like, it was 
when they signed him, I didn't think he was going to be terrible. I know it's always tough because when you see a guy's numbers in Colorado, you try to figure, okay, well, what is he going to be in New York? You go back to his time with the Twins, and he was a productive player, so you figure, all right, he'll be a 275, 280, 20-home run, 15-home run, 75, 80-RBI guy, 800 OPS. That was my thought. That's not what he was in Colorado. He was far better. I mean, he was coming off a year in Colorado in which he had a 955 OPS at 332, won a batting title two years earlier. I thought he would be productive. And considering what ended up happening with how bad the Met lineup was and how bad Kadire was, he had 260 at a 700 OPS, that could have been a move we looked back on and hate even more than we do now. Because they sort of erased it. They went out, they traded for Cespedes, and they went to the World Series. And Kadire was just a good clubhouse guy. That's basically what he turned into. Nice clubhouse guy, and you laid it out perfectly. A David Wright friend. It made David Wright happy. But two years, $21 million. 2015, he comes out, he hits 259. Plays 117 games. And just, you know, was a blah-free agent. The only good thing is he retired, and I don't think the Mets had to pay him the second the second year in his contract. I think he actually did retire. I don't think the Mets had to pay him think the about, entire deal. Think about this. The half of the guys are talking about is how did the Mets get out of paying them the rest of their contract? <laughs> That's sad. It's so freaking sad. Well, this whole episode is sad. I've told I, you. I know. We knew that going in. 